A black industrialist is taking the, the Industrial Development Corporation and the public protector to court. Welcome, Angus Norkey. Good morning, uh, Chris. Thank you very much for the invitation and uh, thank you for, for listening and thank you for going through all my, my, my paperwork that I sent you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome, Angus. Please tell us why you are fighting this epic battle uh, against the IDC and the PP. Well, the, the battle started in two, two, 2018. Um, and basically what happened was um, on proposal from the DTIC, somebody that I met in the DTIC um, actually introduced me to senior executives of the IDC. Um, I met with them. I, 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 I presented myself and my business partner, Muzi Maponya. We presented our business case to them and they told us, okay, guys, you, yeah, you've got something special. They even went as far as saying that without the Black Industrialist Program, you can still qualify for this. And because, because of how the business plan stacked up, um, the, obviously getting the, the, the grant approval in, in April of 2019 made our business case so much more viable. Now, sorry to interrupt you, that grant? That grant approval was from? The, the grant approval uh, was from the DTIC. Um, what they've done is uh, they set up a black industrialist scheme, and they call it the BIS. So the BIS has like what they call a black industrialist finance forum. And people from the PIC, from the IDC, from the NEF, from the DTIC get together and they actually approve these grants. So that approval on its own tells me and tells anybody that this is a viable business. And, and, and to the point where government is prepared to pay 50% of the capital expenditure of that business. So the other 50% plus a little bit of operating expenditure, you then need to go to places like the Industrial Development Corporation or the NEF or even the land bank. Yeah to get the, the rest of the funding to kickstart the business, as well as to activate the grant in itself. So you had every expectation that you would get support from the IDC? To, to the point, Chris, where I was invited to a site, site visit on the, on the 4th of December 2019. On our way, myself and my business partner, on our way in our car, um, we drove all the way to George, and we got an email saying that this this... Uh, site visit has been has been cancelled. We tried to phone them. They they simply refused to, to to respond to us. When we got back to Cape Town, because we turned back, because I said the, the it's pointless for us going all the way to to Kabeja, uh, or which is uh, PE, for the site meeting. And if it's not going to occur, like I said, we were halfway there. Um, on our return, I then started escalating this because I could, I could sense that something is wrong. And on the 11th of December 2018, I got a call from an executive uh, from the IDC saying that, look here, guy, don't worry. Apologies for what happened, but we're actually going to approve your, your, your plan. But give us till the 23rd to work out the final details. And what he said to me in that telephone conversation, which I've got a recording of, he said to me, look here. 
we, you need to phase the project. You you need to break it up into phases. And I said to him, that is how the project was written, how the project plan was written. So it, it is it's actually you you telling me what I already know. So it is fine. He went even as far as saying by by January of of twenty nineteen, they will give final approval, uh, and then they will start giving me some money so that I can start start the project. Uh, but it never happened. Instead, I got a I've got a rejection letter on the 9th of, of, of January 2019, and the rejection letter was actually against their own policies. And when I when I pointed this out, they then said, "Okay, come, let us get together and let us speak about." It. And they said to me, "I need to give them what they call a letter of intent." Now, the the policies of the IDC says says that you can you must either give a contract from a client or a letter of intent. Or you can just give market research. So what I've done was I gave, gave market research together with a letter of intent. But in January, they said to me, I need to give them one more letter of intent, which is really silly, if I can call it that, for lack of a better word. Because part of the black industrial scheme is that the DTIC put together uh, the BIS program where they appointed directors, where they appointed staff inside of the DTIC to make sure that the black industrialist program actually works and to make sure that black industrialists are actually financially viable in that they would go to industry and they would go to what they, um, the government entities to make sure that these the, the customers of um, the, the, uh, these black industrialists get customers. So part of it all is the lady that introduced me to the IDC back in, in, in March of 2018, she set up meeting with Astron Energy. She set up meeting with Toyota for me. She was about to set up meetings with, with Transnet. So getting another letter of intent to me was silly because being part of the BIS, that, that automatically happens. But, but what was worse and, and, you know, in that meeting, I, I I was close to tears. I said to them, "Guys, please, man, come on. You know, I can I can sense with any person can sense you guys are messing me around, and I'm just asking you to leave out all this nonsense. Tell me exactly what you need, and tell me exactly what you require." They then said, "Okay, one more letter of intent," and I said, "Okay, fine." Gave them three instead of the one, and then on the fifth of March, they gave me another. Uh, Rejection letter, but in this rejection letter, and this is uh, in 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 law, I think they call it common cause. In this rejection letter, they said they contacted all my clients, all this letter of intent that I gave them, and they contacted all the clients. But remember, a letter of intent is a, just what it is. It's a it's the intent of the client to do business with me. It's not a contract. It's not a guarantee. It is it is just an intention to do business. They then said they contacted all my clients and these clients didn't give them favorable feedback. And I thought to myself, now, if these guys gave me the letter of intent, how can they not give you favorable feedback? And we had a meeting on the 18th of March, um, 2019. And in this meeting, I indicated to my, to my business partner, I said to him, this just doesn't sound right. Contact one of our biggest clients. A biggest prospective client, and he did. And this guy said nobody contacted. What is worse is that on the 9th of April, this executive that phoned me on the 11th of December, he 
He said to me so much in the in the email that Luki, I didn't contact this guy. So the point is that the letter, the the rejection letter that was given to us on the fifth of March, is false, is fraudulent. It is it's maladministration. It is whatever you want to call it. It is wrong. <laughs> and 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 armed with armed with this, I first escalated it inside of the ITC. I went to. I went to the, uh, this guy's executive, Sakil Mir. When I didn't get joy from Sakil, I, I then uh, sent it up the, the chain to, to TV Chocho. They all gave me the same response, is that they're not prepared to do anything about it. And um, when I got that response, I escalated it to the DTIC. I first went to the Director General in the DTIC, which is Lionel October. When I didn't get any joy from him, I I, I then escalated it to the Chief of Staff of, of, of the Minister. When I didn't get joy from him, and, 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 and simply we wrote him emails, he responded to, to us and said, okay, he doesn't want to do anything, anything, to have anything to do with this. And then I wrote a letter to the Minister in July of 2019. This was ignored as well. Um, I wrote a letter to the presidency. This was ignored as well. <laughs> I then escalated it inside of the portfolio committee. This was ignored as well. Until such time I got hold of the number of the of the then chairperson of the portfolio committee. And I had a meeting with him in February of 2020. Um, it was uh, Duma Nkosi at the time. Uh, he unfortunately passed away during COVID. Uh, uh, and I had a meeting with Mr. Duma and Kosi, and Mr. Duma and Kosi said to me, look, your business plan is viable, um, but can you please resubmit your stuff? Things are going to change. But things never change. Um, things just got worse. <laughs> In 2020, I resubmitted. They didn't even, they didn't even uh, contact my clients. They didn't even contact my suppliers. Um, but back in August of 2019, because because what I wanted to set up is 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 not currently in South Africa and 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 there's no machinery uh, in South Africa to make what 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 we want to make. My supplies are all overseas, and in October of 2019, um, my supplier phones me and he tells me, "Look here, these guys are starting to call me um, for another project." And I said to him, "No, but we've got an NDA in place." They're not supposed to call you without me knowing. Um, I approached Akil Mia again, and I approached the dealmaker again, and they just refused to respond to me, and they, they just shut down. I, I eventually got a um, – just before I saw, saw the, the portfolio committee uh, chairperson, I got a, a letter from the lawyer saying that they're going to charge me with harassment if I, if I, if I don't stop speaking to the IDC officials. Was that sorry? Was that when did you turn to the public protector then? After after I I I I got the sense that look here, I spoke to ministers. Um, I actually spoke to. I counted earlier. There was five different ministers that I spoke to about about it. I spoke to various officials. Um, and after I got the sense that look here, this thing is going nowhere. And that was in August of 2020. I decided to, and then this was after I even had, I, I was told go back to the IDC. Uh, the presidency said to me, go back to the IDC. And I said, but 
I'm complaining about the IDC. You can't send a person that was raped back to the rapist because that is what you, in essence, are doing now. You need to solve what I'm, what, my, my experience. You need to do something about it. You can't just send me back. But I, but I went back. Uh, I spoke to the C, COO of the IDC. And then I just thought, no, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm beating a drum and nobody seems to want to listen. I spoke to so many officials, so many ministers, uh, sitting and retired ministers. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to the IDC, and that was in August of 2020. But my experience with the IDC was worse, <laughs> and and I was gobsmacked by the by by the by the treatment that I got from the IDC. It was it was really from the from the word go. They tried to wish this thing away. Uh, uh, when I reported the complaint in August of 2020, I got a, almost three months later, I, I got a reference number back from them saying that, look, yeah, they, um, they acknowledge my complaint. You're talking about the public protector now. I'm talking about the public protector. Yeah. Um, then in February of, of 2021, I managed to get what they who they said to me was a person who is investigating whether or not they're going to investigate my complaint. And I managed to get hold of this person. Uh, his, I, his name is Amos. Uh, I got hold of Amos, and Amos told me, look here, we closed you. you. I said, but why? Nobody spoke to me. Nobody did anything. Then he said, no, but you never escalated this thing inside of the IDC. And that is why we closed. I said, but nobody asked me. Nobody, nobody, nobody sent me an email. Nobody called me nothing. And I can give you, I can give you hundreds of emails. I even escalated this thing to the chairperson of the, of the IDC in February of 2019. I actually had a, a, a conversation with the chairperson about this. And she just ignored me. <laughs> um, then I almost said, okay, fine. Seeing that you escalated this thing, we're going to now investigate. But it was so, it was so, oh, it was so flimsy. Um, they then just dis disappeared. Then I, I started calling people inside of the uh, public protector again. And then they said, no, look here, there's another investigator now. Uh, I must speak to him. Uh, then this investigator tried every single way and, and, and possibly under the sun to convince me not to continue with this. And, 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 and things he was saying to me was like, he quoted a case law, and he said to me, there was a case between the NEF and the public protector that went up to the Supreme Court of Appeal, and because of this case, I, we can't. And I said, no, okay, give me the details of the case, and I went to go study the case. And, and, and it was a Zimbabwean woman who took the NEF to court because she, she, she said she qualified for black economic empowerment and she qualified for a black economic empowerment loan from the NEF. My, my point to him was, here is a lady that committed fraud, basically, or wanted to commit fraud, and you guys protected her. You want to tell me this is the reason why, why you can't take my, my case on? And then and then uh, there was this case about the land restitution, uh, a land case in Cape Town, where they found that this land was a burial uh, uh, site. And he said to me, because of this case, we can't take your thing on. And I said, but that case was uh, the administrative action that was taken. That guy couldn't have known that that was a burial site. 
And, 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 and that is the significance about that case. But your argument that you're bringing to me now is it's almost as if you're basically saying that you guys have no mandate. You basically, the reasoning that he tried to give me was basically the public protector cannot take on cases that has got the administrative action attached to. And I said to him, no, man, guy, you, you, you're not making sense to me. Um, I want you guys to investigate. You asked, this is the stuff that you're supposed to do. But eventually, long story short, um, eventually I got a report in September of 2022. I got a report from the public protector. But they negated every single thing I said to them. Even this common cause evidence that I gave them, what they basically said in the report is, you know, yes, the IDC never contacted your client, but they eventually contacted the client afterwards. I'm saying no, guys. They, They went as far as saying, you know, you gave letters of intent, but your conversation between the IDC and this client, after the fact that after this rejection letter was sent and the client was contacted, the client then speak, speaks about guarantee. And I'm asking, but that is not what I was asked for. If I was also guarantees, I would have given you guarantees. You asked me for a letter of intent. But now the public protected completely sided with the IDC. Um, and so when did you, sorry to interrupt you, Angus, so when did you decide to, to, to turn to the courts? When I, when I spoke to the public protector, and I, and, and I had meetings with the deputy public protector, the Kaleka, I had, had meetings with her. Uh, I sent emails directly to her, and I reported uh, investigators directly to her, because when these guys gave me um, these case law and stuff, uh, I reported it directly to her and said to her, no, man, this guy's talking nonsense. And now, and, and, and they're totally ignoring the evidence that I gave her. She sent me the report, uh, or at least a PA sent me the report. And I, and I responded to them and I said to them, okay, can I ask for this, this report, uh, to be, to be re-looked at? Because this report is laughable. Um, then she replied directly to me and she said to me, if you want this thing to be reviewed, you need to go to the court. But here's the thing, and this is why I'm 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 so set against Kaleka being the public protector, is that she tried to convince me that the only courts that I can take this to is the Pratia High Court. Living in Cape Town and knowing that and knowing that I've been struggling all this this while and knowing that I don't have funds to go to the High Court, now she's even saying to me, go to the Pratia High Court. That to me, that to me is the crux of 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 of, of everything, and and that is what what basically said to me, no, I'm not going to give up. They're fond of of bragging about the fact that only a certain amount of of of, of the reports were taken on review, but they make it impossible for us to take this thing on. But the law in itself makes it impossible for us to take it on review because you can only take it to the on review to the high court, and 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 the type of people that go to the public protector is people that don't have money to go to the court. So, but despite I, that, yeah. sorry, despite that, you are yeah. going to court and you're hoping despite that your that case will be heard. Court, and I'm going on to court myself. I made all the submissions myself. I made a lot of mistakes, but I'm rectifying the mistakes as I'm going along because I'm not a lawyer. Um, but, 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 but that is that is the point I, 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 I would like to make as well, Chris, is that the Act in itself, the Public Protector Act, says that you have 30 days to re- to take a matter on review, right? Now, if you go to the LPC, 
the legal practice counts, they would tell you that that qualifies for urgent application and they don't support urgent application. So the entire system in itself is set against anybody that hasn't got money to take a, a report on review in itself. Um, I went to probono.com.org and, and, and they told me exactly the same thing. It's, it's now, I lodged my papers with them in October of last year and I'm still waiting on answers from both the LPC as well as probono.org. So, you know, the, the system in itself is set up for us not to take these things on review. And, 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 and these are the things that the, the, the public protector knows about. And I'm asking myself, to both public protector and all the politicians out there, guys, what are you doing to change this? Because the only thing, the only mechanism to keep the public protector accountable is to take their, their reports on review. Now, if that system in itself is flawed, then we're never really going to know whether or not the public protector is effective. But to answer your previous, your, your previous question, uh, I shudder to think of how many people went to the public protector and didn't get because they reported a official or they reported something that went wrong in the municipality or wherever that didn't that didn't give wasn't given the proper time of day. I shudder to think how many of those are Africans out there. We we the politicians are fun to say that okay we live in a democracy. But that democracy means absolutely nothing without an effective public protection. Uh, it's as simple as that. Um, Why haven't, sorry to interrupt you again, um, somebody else would have given up a long time ago. Why have you not given up, Angus? I guess it's my mother. Um, my mother used to tell me, um, <coughs> excuse me, my mother, my mother used to tell me they can't keep a good man down. Uh, don't give up, my son. You know, um, and yeah, I, she passed on two years ago. And sorry, I'm this a bit sad. Um, because she, she couldn't see the fruits of my labor. And that makes me sad about me. Um, you know, I, I even told them, guys, I, I don't care about myself. But what about the 50? What about the 50 jobs that I would have created? I would have made an impact in 50 families. You're totally disregarding them. Um, I spoke out on Twitter whew, three years ago. Um, the amount of people that came to me, at the time there was four four people that went through a similar experience with IDs. They came to me and, and we sort of became friends. actually got a call from one on Friday. And we, 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 we spoke together and there was 2,000 jobs that we would have created. Just the four of us. You know, uh, our families are, are are suffering in itself because of all this. And I'm just thinking, this is not a democracy that we stay. This is autocracy with a lack of of of, of um, accountability in South Africa. This is autocracy. Uh, it is it's nothing else. And and we need to change that. And and I guess. I guess to answer your question directly, it's, it's, it's not just about the 50s families. To me, it's also about just leaving something behind for my, for, for my two kids, you know, and, 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 and trying to, to create something for them. Um, and I just want, my grandmother used to say, uh, what is right is right and what is wrong is no means right. You know, and, and I just you. want what is right.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. That was Angus Norkey speaking to Biz News about how he's taking his epic battle uh, with the IDC and the PP all the way to the High Court. Thank you, Angus. Thank you very much.